everyone, and welcome to part two of my conversation with Brendan Riley. Um, this is our wrestling episode. Uh, you know, a while ago he tossed up the idea about doing a wrestling podcast uh, called Belly to Belly, based off of Belly to Belly Suplex, that uh, Bailey does now. Um, a few other people do do it on occasion. But I thought it was a good name, so we, could, we couldn't think of a better name. Uh, so we sort of stick with, stuck with it. Uh, him and I are big fans of, of wrestling, as we know a lot of people are. Um, if you're not a wrestling fan and you're listening to us, um, I hope we could be educational about it. That's something that I think we're going to strive and move forward with. Um, however, uh, I'm still waiting to see the numbers that this wrestling podcast get will get. Um, if it's popular, we'll do more. Uh, I have a feeling we're just going to talk about wrestling all the time anyway, whether it gets good downloads or not. So I hope you guys like this. Uh, this Brendan's always a fun talk. Um, so this is our wrestling episode of Belly to Belly. Call it a pilot if you must. So there's a fun house. I was telling you about them earlier. They're a YouTube group. They're a subsidiary of Rooster Teeth. So whenever they do live streams of certain things, they do an after show, like in a lot of the vein of Talking Dead. Except do you remember a show on USA in the 90s called... Uh, Silk Stockings. No. It's just... Alright, so you were too young to remember this. <laughs> there was this really shitty, like, La Femme Nikita ripoff called Silk Stockings. It used to come on Monday nights after Raw. And it was, like, this super secret sexy Asian who likes to kill people. But they do a talk show, a la Talking Dead, where they talk in stockings. And it's, like, just debauchery. They're all drunk. They're all breaking shit. And they have a Johnny Depp impersonator. And <laughs> oh, no. they're also very close to... They couldn't afford Johnny Depp. Yeah, they're also close to this guy named Raul Kalud, I think is his name. He's he he's on iZombie. He's the doctor on Oh, I he's Zombie. a British dude? Yeah. yeah. And he always shows up on it. And he's really funny and fucking cool. But with that, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> All right, everyone. Hi, hi. This is Jimmy. Uh, this is Jimmy, and this is Jimmy's amazing friends. Uh, Brendan. Special is, bonus Brendan. episode. Yeah, Brendan's here with me. Uh, we have had a few drinks. Drink skis. Had a lot of drink skis. We're um, reading books. <laughs> We're reading books. Shout yeah. out to the good brothers. So, shout out to the greatest brother, Matthew Flanagan. <laughs> so uh, thinking about you, Matt. When Brendan, when when Brendan was on the podcast, we talked about in the very beginning how. He and I tried to start a wrestling podcast many times, and something uh, happened, like the memory card filling up or the batteries running out. Yeah, so batteries, and I inhaled a lot of this liquor just now. There's, there's just things prevented us from not recording about it. So we're gonna talk some wrestling, uh, depending on how it does. Maybe it develops. Talking shop. <laughs> depending on how much you guys like it and how many hits we do it may, it may turn into something I don't know use it, hashtag wrestle yes <laughs> if Brandon wants to do a wrestling podcast he knows I'm game to do it uh, this is Vince McMahon damn it and I say you do it it's it's something that we both love um, so <laughs> we'll, we'll start off from at least, at least from my top, which Brendan's a lot. He's a he's a grizzled vet, and he's a grizzled old vet. He's a grizzly young vet. I'm not gonna steal Luke Gallows, the good, uh, real good brother. <laughs> and I'm a little bit of a young lion when it comes to you. Are the I'm Minoru Suzuki, and you're a young lion. I was just start beating the shit out of you. Karen's gonna come back tomorrow. She's gonna be like, Jimmy, what happened to you? You'd be like, Brendan punched me in the face. So, no, um, so I grew up obviously knowing wrestlers. Uh, I knew about The Rock, I knew about Hogan, I knew about Austin. Brother! knew about Undertaker. Stone Cold Steve Austin! <laughs> and I knew about Mick Foley because he's a Long Islander. What did I say? He's a Long Islander and so was I. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't want this next part to sound weird. So but... <laughs> that's so that's why, so I was... Good uh, job for cutting me off. I was a little bit exposed to the product in that sort of sense, but my real first time actually watching it was SummerSlam 2014? It was the Jericho Bray Wyatt feud, and to I, all my brothers <laughs> out there, I'm just gonna do an impression. That was a good Bray Wyatt. Um, and what really captured me, Treat. Bray Wyatt was the, really the thing that captured me in wrestling because he was like a fucking, Boo. he was like a fucking comic supervillain, and that Get was to it. 
that was so cool to me. And uh, the way he would cut promos and the way he would talk. And of course, I knew Chris Jericho because Fozzie and all that stuff. Come on, baby! So, um, so I knew about that. So I was interested. In, and ever since I watched that match, which was actually probably an underrated match because it's pretty good. Um, that's what drew me into wrestling. Uh, so Quick I started question. watching ever since. Do you want to make this Q&A format? Do you want to X me Q's and I'll give you my A's? No, this is just talk. Well, what, what was like your first introduction to wrestling? Ooh. So... I like this story. All right. So there's two. There's the first one, which someday I'm going to write a book about, which I've told you about. My idea from my children's book is pretty badass, which just, I'm not going to talk about. Don't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. steal it. So my introduction to wrestling the first time was my grandmother who introduced me to Lucha Libre uh, uh, AAA, which is the oldest wrestling produ- uh, the oldest wrestling federation in the world. Uh, it's been going on since the 1800s. Um, fact check me on that one. But uh, it's... Uh, we're not. <laughs> no, that's fine. But it, it was Lucha Libre, and, it, you know, my grandmother was from Puerto Rico, but she loved wrestling. And when I showed her some of the WWF stuff... She called it garbage bullshit, which I'll never forget as a kid. Did she say it in Spanish? Yeah. Este basura. Basura. Mierda, basura. Anyway, but, you know, that was it. And then I kind of, like, one day I was at home. I was, like, four. And this guy was on screen. And everything about this guy was so colorful from his, like, um, his robe. I don't know where this is going. You know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so... You his said, hats, his glasses, line. his robe. And I was like, man, this guy, you know, even at a young age, I was like, there's something about him. He's so evil and, and everything. Because at this time, he was the macho king. Yeah. But, like, I got into, that was my introduction to wrestling with Sir Randy Savage. And then I discovered more. I discovered The Undertaker, who, to this day, is one of my favorites. Where And probably, I would say, the greatest, but <laughs> debatable with Flair. Yeah, it depends on what generation you get. It depends on your opinion. Because <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I hate Hulk Hogan. I'm not a big Hogan a guy. A lot either. of people uh, will be like, he's, he's so respected. If it wasn't for him. Look, I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for Hogan, yeah, a lot of things, the mainstream wouldn't know about him. But there's a lot of rotten stuff to Hulk Hogan, too, that he held down a lot of people. You know, just like at Macho Man and Warrior and all that other bullshit. But besides that, that's kind of like how I got into wrestling. And it was something my mom always supported. Where I think she looked at it as, you know, hey, you know, you don't, it's not, you know, you're not in the street, you're not performing these moves on other people, you're not doing these things. So I trust it, and I feel like you're responsible with it, so I'll let you watch it. And goddamn, it's been 24 years and I'm still a fucking wrestling fan. Even though if as silly as it is, there is a, as Xavier Woods eloquently put it, it's the last form of Shakespearean theater. And, and what I say by that is that you're watching these people perform in the center of a ring in a rectangular in a square arena where it's 360 surroundings and you have these characters telling a story and granted some of these stories are stupid and some of these stories are uh Tetsuya Naito where that's the most fascinating story yeah. of giving have having get an opportunity I can't speak straight having an opportunity and floundering and like kind of letting it go to the wayside reinventing yourself and becoming the most popular person in in a country is very intriguing and you know that there there's a lot of people just automatically looking at you mia khalifa automatically like oh boy shitting on 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 it for being wrestling for being grown man being wrestling for it being fake we get it we do it do you think we watch brooklyn 99 and go man that andy sandberg is a great cop no. Jimmy's texting okay. right now. Uh, no, there I, you go. You're done. No, 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 no. And, and and I'm saying that's where my love of, of professional wrestling comes from. You know, the characters, the costume design, the set design. There's so much more to it that people just, like, don't really pay attention to. And, and it's quite frustrating because people's natural assumptions are, it's silly. It's two grown men fighting or two grown women fighting. And it's like, no, there's more to it. If you if you can't look at this the same way you look at a television show or a movie, I'm sorry to say this, but you're a fucking idiot. Okay, so <laughs> on that note, yes, um, we I'm Young not, I'm not, I'm not gonna Young. try to uh, 
date when we're recording this much, but uh, Christmas. <laughs> well, let's just say no, Christmas. Yeah, it's Christmas. You still have the Christmas tree up. I know, but uh, so the Royal Rumble is coming up in January. Um, mm -hmm. They announced for the first time ever there's going to be a female Royal Rumble. Really cool. Really progressive of them. It's a cool thing. We're gonna have two thumbs up. We're gonna have a two Royal Rumbles in the show. Uh, if they don't do it properly, it's gonna lose the crowd. I think. Look, honestly, but we don't care. This what is what the crowd is. This is what the crowd's mostly like. This is what mostly the crowd. Yeah, is about. The mic. Roman Reigns not winning. That's all. Yeah. Move on to the next thing. So, what was uh, my question? Was what was your first experience of a Royal Rumble? <gasps> Ooh, I love this. I love this question and, so much. And haven't you been to one? I've been to two. No. I've only went to one. I didn't go to 2000. Um, so the Royal Rumble is my favorite match of all time. I even tell you every year Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view. We would have watched it together had I not fucking... The last two years we would have watched together. Two years ago was the Blizzard. Oh, yeah. Last year was me fucking working at that terrible yeah. place called Whole Foods. Um, but the Royal Rumble I remember watching first in 94. Four. That was my, my earliest. That was yeah. <laughs> oh god. That was my earliest memory. And what I remember most about that card is that there was a championship match before the Royal Rumble. It was Yokozuna versus the Undertaker. Was that Austin winning? No, Austin was like three years later. Hmm. Uh, Ninety four was Bret Hart and Lex Luger both went over the top rope at the same time. Oh. Yeah. But I had my aunt. No, my babysitter had that tape. I just randomly you saw this tape. It on tape. I watched it on tape. I saw all these people on like the cover, and I was like, "Whoa, this is this is crazy." I thought it was a video game because the way they drew it was a video game, and um, so we watched it, and I was like, "Whoa, this is amazing!" Um, and I loved the match ever since. The excitement of it, and I've seen some great Royal Rumbles from Austin winning, cheating and winning in '97, um, to Austin's win in '98, and his no, he didn't win in '97. Who won in 97? Look it up. Uh, yeah, we'll fact check. We can I feel that Austin won in 97 because he cheated. He threw Bret Hart over the he top won, rope. He won three Rumbles. I know that. He won... Oh, yeah. So it was 97, 98, and 2001. He didn't win 99 because that was Vince McMahon. <laughs> That's how I know. He won the belt, didn't he? No, Vince Vince threw him over the top rope. It was really shitty. So the but that feud is awesome. The Austin. Yeah, yeah. So ninety seven, he cheated to beat Bret Hart in the Royal Rumble, and then ninety eight, he won Stone WrestleMania. Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin and he had won last uh, by eliminating Bret Hart. One of my favorite things about Austin winning that Royal Rumble is he kept looking at his imaginary like watch and was like, "All right, next motherfucker out." <laughs> Um, 99, he had the bounty on his head. Vince McMahon put out a bounty. Vince McMahon was number two, and Austin was number one. And Vince was like, I will pay anybody $50,000. No, Austin lost. He threw out Austin lost. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole story, like, the whole Royal Rumble was built around McMahon and Austin, and everything else was just side story. Uh, to the, to the Rock cheating Big Show in 2000, to Austin's comeback in 2001, Triple H's comeback in 2002, Benoit's, mm, Benoit's, yeah, Benoit's thing in 2004, uh, Rey Mysterio winning for Eddie Guerrero's legacy, uh, John Cena's return in 2008, which I was at, which was fucking... As much as I hated that at the moment, it's such a perfect storyline, which is like, you can't even be mad. So many good moments in, in this, and I, I think up until recently... Uh, Kane had the most eliminations. He still does. He, um, like, overall. was in one match. Ro yeah, and Roman, then fucking goddamn, I'm gonna suck Roman Reigns' dick off. Reigns. Roman, Roman beat it. And uh, up until last year, uh, Chris Jericho spent the most amount of time in in, in, in the total in Rumble cumula matches. Cumulative, yeah. like, and minutes and, and hours. But, yeah. but Miss Benoit technically still has the record for longest Rumble. Uh, Ric Flair's Royal Rumble where he won the championship and he's cut one of the most beautiful promos ever. And this is the time and this is the time WCW didn't want Flair. Um you can go on and on about the history of the Royal Rumble and the fantastic and the and look at two years ago when AJ Styles came out. I lost my shit. And I was there. It's these are these and, are things And Matt was there and Matt was like, Who was like it's fucking AJ Styles? It's one of those things where you don't 
you get the Royal Rumble and you don't expect things to happen, and they do, and it's fun and it's fantastic. I and distinctly remember it. you saying uh, around SummerSlam that there there was a number of people who you never thought would ever be in the WWE. AJ Styles was number one on that list. list. Yeah, it's crazy to think that half of that list have been in the WWE in the last two years. It, what's What's also crazy is that. Um, I think it was last year, you and I went to an Evolve show in Queens, and I was just recently looking at the match card to that card, and 80% of the people are in WWE now. Yeah, well, it's like when we watched Bola 2016, and I I told you, it was like, everybody in the... Time out. So everybody in that Juice and Thunder Liger match that I love so much, with with the thumb in the ass spot, everybody, which is weird... Seven, like almost ninety percent of the people doing that thumb in the ass spot are in WWE. Yeah, tell Alistair tell Black them what that match is because I recommend watching that match. Yeah, it's a five on five, really random match from Bola from last year, two thousand sixteen. Yeah, it's there. It's there. They usually on night three. So Bola is a is a three day tournament that pro wrestling gorilla that pro wrestling gorilla does. And it's a tournament of the best independent wrestlers in the world. And they do this tournament every year, and big names show up, and it is fantastic. So on the last night, you have the final match of the car- the final match of the tournament, but you also get a specialty match with people that were in the tournament. And this year was interesting. It was Team Jushin Liger, who's a legend in New Japan, and he came over the state size. And it was I always forget like everybody who's on which team, but oh, it I, includes but Brian Kendrick, Alistair, Alistair Black, Black, Tommaso Ciampa, Cedric Alexander. Gargano wasn't it because he was in the final. No. Um, uh, Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. Mark Andrews. Yeah. Um, Chompa. Who else? Oh, uh, Space Kitty. Uh, Sammy, Sammy Callahan, Callahan. Jeff Cobb. Matt Riddle. Uh, damn. It's it's like a who's who of like indie guys now. But this this match is it's incredible. It's, it, it's fun. It's fun. And, and look at everything that the Young Bucks are doing in the independent scene. Like wrestling is I, I forget where we were going with this but i know we we're talking about the right oh we were talking about people who were in the indies last year yeah, yeah so but, so like as i was saying that evolve card uh had cash Ono on it tony nice tony nice tj perkins johnny yeah. gargano drew galloway extra um drew was, gulak was gulak was there drew right? gulak yeah. um v- coming to wwe probably in january is ricochet Possibly, uh, uh, cruiserweight classic Zack Saber Jr. was oh. in that. Um, He's one of the best in the world. I know, fucking I, I know Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor. Yeah, I'm so mad. I he's not in anything. the WWE, but he's can I tell you something? But there, how I, crazy I know was there's it? Names I'm missing, but there's there's a ton of people now. How crazy was it that at that Evolve show, I was one of like five people to mark out for Chuck Taylor, and Chuck Taylor photobombed the picture too. And I and. How crazy is it Chuck Taylor was drinking two blocks away from my house the other day? Yeah, right. But before the New Japan tournament. But I'm saying that the wrestling industry is it's at the best it's been since mid-90s. Where when WCW closed and you had ECW going around. My, my thing is, like, there is something for everybody. Um, so who was on that list? Do you remember that list of people you thought would never never be in the WWE? AJ Styles, Samojo, Bobby Roode, Nakamura. Um, the Young Bucks. No, I've always said that the Young Bucks will come to WWE one day. Um, Kurt Angle, I never thought I'd see back in the WWE. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, the ultimate word. Mm. Well, Jeff Jarrett's not going to be. He's never going to be in the WWE. Jim Cornette, which he's been back. Not in the ring, but he's, he's been, back. been back for many things. Eric Bischoff. Um, he's also been back. for he, they were, Him and Cornette were both in the uh, Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, China. Which is, is, is so sad. There's nothing that can be done about that. I mean, um, we, we knew the Hardys were eventually going to go back, but we didn't, yeah, but we said didn't that know Je- I know. I always said that Jeff would be back. I never thought that Matt would catch on with this Broken Matt stuff. Um, you think Christian will be back? Christian has been back. He hasn't... He's been inactive since, like, 2014. But he retired because of concussions. Was it concussions? Yeah, he's yeah. been retired from concussions. Probably my last... My last one that I think he'll never be back, and it's very unpopular well, to say the this. The list was like never be CM back Punk. or never even. CM Punk is never gonna be back. He is that stubborn that I think he will never be back in the WWE. Well, if he does, the world's gonna explode. <laughs> but uh, I, it was it was people who would never come back and people who you think would never. Who... It's very hard now because because it's so big and uh, 
I, I say this all the time. Cody Rhodes in two years. I would say if not next year, at the end of next year, in 2019, he has he's going to be back in the WWE. He has a big contract with ROH. I think it's it like doesn't a, matter. I think it's like a three-year deal. Or it something. doesn't matter. He's going to be back in WWE. He's going to be future champion. He's going to be the biggest star of all time when he gets back. So speaking of ROH, uh, I was recently at Final Battle. Um, and that was my first experience of a Ring of Honor show. My first time at a wrestling show at Hammerstein Ballroom. Some girl sitting on the bar. Um, the bar. <laughs> it was a really cool experience. Uh, so I, I got a lot of... Too sweet. Too sweet. <laughs> and I don't think there was like not one shirt that wasn't a Bullet Club shirt, except for the person who was wearing John Cena gear. But uh, it exposed me... That guy's name is John Cena fan. He goes to every <laughs> ROH show. Uh, it exposed me to a lot of a lot of talent that I wasn't really fully aware of. Like War Machine was one of them. I've been telling you about War Machine for so long. Um, it's frustrating sometimes. I, I thought tell the, you about I thought the Kingdom was really cool. Um, I knew Matt of, Taven. I knew of uh, Trent Beretta, but seeing him with Chucky e. T in a tag team was. Dumb. I've, I've always told you about Rapungi 3K or Rocky Romero and Chuck Taylor. Uh, um, Rocky Romero and uh, Beretta. Uh, I knew of Chris. I know of Christopher Daniels, but I never really saw Frankie Kazarian that much. I've told you about the addiction. Many oh, times. I know. I know the addiction's awesome. I just never really got to like actually sit down and watch. Do you them. know how old Christopher Daniels is? No, but him and Frankie were selling a comic that they wrote. Um, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna. That I, was cool. That was uh, it was my first time seeing Flip Gordon outside of being the elite. So I thought he was really cool. My first time seeing Will Ospreay, and Ospreay's fucking amazing. Ospreay's amazing. He, I knew, uh, because of the Ricochet match. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my first time seeing Dalton Castle. Oh. And I was fucking ecstatic when Dalton Castle won the title. How long? I've been on the Dalton Castle train I know, for you... a long time. <laughs> so was I that am... his first time winning the, the title? Yeah. Champion? So there, there. Here's the thing with Dalton Castle. If you don't know, Dalton Castle was an, a radio, dig, radio, ugh, a radio DJ in Buffalo, and he was a wrestling fan. And he eventually became a wrestler, and he took on this like kind of like glam rock gimmick where he was like he's all basically, of Freddie Mercury's. He's basically Justin Hawkins from The Darkness. Yeah, I was gonna say the lead singer from the doc, uh, from The Darkness, and he showed like everything about him as. Flash and he has flamboyance. His, he has these boys that carry him on a chair. He has Cabana boys. He has Cabana boys. And it's such an amazing, like, in a, in what you think is like, well, not what you think, but what is in a really toxic kind of like machismo kind of fan base. It's the most flamboyant character and everybody gets behind it because so, he's so likable. So I've, I've seen Dalton Castle wrestle a bunch of matches on TV and stuff. But, and what I've gotten out of that is. I sort of compare him to Cesaro a bit because he's not the biggest guy, he's not the tallest guy, but he's super strong. He's strong, but have you Cesaro? Cesaro. I, Cesaro. Cesaro, Cesaro but, is like a machine. But I meant like Cesaro. I meant that like Cesaro shouldn't be as strong as he is. I based, wish you could... based on appearance. Cesaro is a fucking man. Based on appearance. Look, Dalton Castle does these amazing, amazing suplexes. When I showed you Cesaro doing the UFO. Yeah, that should have been. That should have been. More I don't than know that. what type. Of, I think they were like inverted suplexes or something. That Dalton Castle That's really does. good at them. They're yeah. they're amazing. And who does the best inverted suplexes? Oh, it's Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb will like bounce you like you're a piece of paper, and just. But that's because Jeff Cobb is an Olympian. Yeah, but I I just I had a blast. Um, the only thing that I noticed with ROH is their production value is not that good. Yeah, it's not that high, but you know what though? It it doesn't need to because the in you know their whole thing is that it's like in ring, it's an in ring like work. Thing. Yeah, I mean that, all, that's all, why they have the code of honor, which is you shake your hand at, at the beginning. All of the match. matches were good. If people are gonna watch that back, uh, the match to watch on that show was the Briscoes versus Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. Bubba. Uh, Bully Ray retired at the end of that match. Yeah. Um, Really, it was a street fight, so there was no rules. Uh, Bubba was pulling out all the stocks. Um, cheese, <laughs> cheese grater to the head. Yeah. Uh, it's an ECW spot, match. Chair spots. To, it was basically an ECW match. But um, coming January fourth, we do have Wrestle Kingdom twelve Woo! coming up. Brendan, 
Brendan is like the like big, a tea kettle. the biggest mark for New Japan. <laughs> I love New Japan. Uh, quick question though. What? Uh, did you see the Bola main event from night one of 2016? Mm. It was the Young Bucks and Adam Cole, Adam Cole versus yeah. Dalton Castle and the Boys. Yeah. yeah Do yeah. you know who the Boys were played by? No. The boys were played by Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll play it before I leave after this. But uh, we can't. Oh, you're gonna. Have to it's on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Um. Possibly Dude, though. So close. <laughs> no, to sorry. Your face. Possibly, you know who two of my favorite boys that Dalton Castle has had, and you won't believe this. It was a New Japan show, and the boys were played by Hiromu. No. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi. <laughs> and Kazuchika Okada. Wow. Yeah, he had the two biggest New Japan stars as boys. That's how much Japan loves Dalton Castle. So you follow mm-hmm. New Japan way more than I do. Um, I follow New Japan every once in a while. If I could watch it more, I would. What was my greatest moment of 20... My favorite wrestling moment of 2017? My personal one. Uh, Naito getting the, winning the G1? That's close, but it was meeting. Meeting Naito. It was meeting Naito and being and holding the broken <laughs> IWGP Intercontinental Title. Uh, so um, you've been following the storylines building up the Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, is is what I'm getting at. Um, what, like, what can you say about that for people who don't really follow New Japan and what to expect coming from Wrestle Kingdom? So the main event is uh, essentially there's a big tournament. Uh, in the summer called the G1, which is all the best wrestlers from New Japan and some foreigners that come in. Uh, they fight each other in a round-robin tournament to see who gets the title shot at the big January 4th show. This year, it was, it was won by uh, Tetsuya Naito. And the thing about that is this isn't the first time he's won. He won in 2004, uh, 2014 and kind of was rejected by the audience. The same way like the audience in America rejects Roman Reigns. And one of the greatest stories of all time, like going into this thing, is that this is his redemption story. People hated him, thought he was boring, was bland. He was the stardust genius, which is like, like I am good, blah. And, and people were like, fuck you, we don't want this. So they voted, uh, they voted in 2014 to not give him the main event. That was what that video was talking about. And so instead, they did the Nakamura. Thing? Do they always have? No, they don't. That's the crazy shit. It was just that the backlash fans were writing in. Imagine that if fans had. So that to... was a creative decision by New Japan too. Yeah, because of how the fans were reacting to it. So imagine that. Imagine if the fans actually had leeway and said, "We don't want Roman Reigns as the main event. Get him out of there." Imagine that they yeah. listened and they did that. New Japan did that. Won't listen to that. No, <laughs> and they and they did Nakamura versus Tanahashi instead. Which, you know, isn't a bad match, but as as the next... He wants to be the next big star. There's a word for it, and I always forget what it's called. But it's it the word means the next big thing, the big guy. The, like what Okada is, essentially. Yeah, so uh, for those people who don't know what G1 is, he also... He sort of said it's a round-robin tournament, but it's also really, really super grueling for... Yeah. Because it's a tournament, because it's it's a straight it like, like a month. It's almost a month tournament. But it's like it's not consecutive days, right? It's it's a few it's, days. And so then it's it's, like a day it's about so two long. or three things. But the good thing about New Japan that it's different than American wrestling is that the they the big stars will be in six man tags to kind of yeah. like give them rest and relaxation, so they don't have to you know have grueling like schedules, which is good because it means less injuries and your and your big stars are around more. Um, but they also they separate into two groups. So let let's just say there's sixteen guys. Yeah, yeah. So you have your block A and block A and block A and block B and B. So like in block A, you'll have uh, Okada, Kenny Omega, so on and so forth. B would be like Tamatanga, yeah. Evil, and stuff. And but no, you you have the split of big stars because Abushi yeah. and Naito and Tanahashi weren't all in block, and Omega, Abushi. No, no, Abushi was another one. And, like, Omega, Okada, Evil, Minoru Suzuki, they were all in another block. By the way, and, and Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> and you get, uh, based on your wins and stuff, you get points. Yeah, you get points. And yeah, it's like a wrong the room. Two people have the most points in each match face off, and it, it was Kenny Omega versus Naito. But, but getting back to that, like, um, 
it's long. It's like it's like what a fucking month long. Yes, yeah, it's, like it's a month long. But but getting back to that, Naito had that opportunity. He left. He left New Japan. He went to go reinvent himself. He went to Mexico where he met La Sombra, aka Cien Almas of, of NXT fame, and evolved into this guy who just didn't give a fuck anymore. To this Los Ingobernades, which is ungovernable in Spanish. And he didn't care. And he came back with this new attitude. And the fans were like, ooh, we don't, ooh, fuck you. Like, they rooted against him. But slowly, they started to adapt this, like, lifestyle. Le tranquilo, I'm going to chill. I don't care about, like, life. Which CN almost, he, like... Yeah, which he now is using in NXT, which is crazy. Which means By January 4th. We might have both main members of Li of of Los Ingobernables, like oh, as who? heads. What? Who? Sienna almost is going to be an NXT champ, and Naito might be the new uh, oh, the IWGP I you champ. Meant Naito might go to NXT. I was like, no, 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 no. But no. tranquilo means like relax, right? Or tranquilo means calm down, or calm like down calm, to relax like it's calm. Okay. Yeah, and it's that tranquilo lifestyle, and and it worked for him. And the fans started to adapt him, and now everybody loves him. He he. This would be the biggest spit in the face of New Japan if he won, and this is how he sees it. Okay, so where does where does Okada come into this other than being the champ? So Naito wants to be what Okada is, and Okada is like the Hulk Hogan, John Cena, the big top guy. Okada is the the longest reigning IWGP Heavyweight Champion in all of but, Japan. But more importantly, he's the face of the company. And he's super young. He's good looking. He's super talented. He's but Naito is all these things too, and what yeah. Naito doesn't understand is why. It's <laughs> a bit funny looking. <laughs> yeah, but Naito doesn't understand that why. They both have major careers ahead of them. Why? Because I because I was I didn't connect with the fans. Is that why I'm not getting these opportunities. And now he has, and now he has the backing of it. Big example is um, the last pay per view they did, which I think was King of Pro Wrestling. Three years ago, when they did the same thing and they gave Naito the title match, Naito came out to do a rundown and got booed out of the building. No, he got no reaction. It was quiet and it was silent. People didn't react to him. This year, they did the same thing and Okada was booed and nobody gave a reaction oh, wow. to Okada. And Naito was like... He was, he was already champ. Of the yeah, and Naito came out and everybody went crazy. You had little kids doing the, the, like, the little eye, eye thing. thing <laughs> and everybody was going crazy. And... It, it was like a change of pace and now everybody's rooting for Naito to win to win this to win this match because it it, it completes a story of one being rejected and coming back new and reinvented and sticking it to his to the company that stuck it to him um he recently did an interview a press conference because press conferences are huge in Japan where wrestling is looked at as like this funny thing here in the in the states Wrestling is huge in Japan. They have weekly magazines. They're loved and and they're just a great major sport. And he did a press conference and he, sh- I wouldn't say shitted on the, the Omega-Jericho match. But he made it a good point to say, why is New Japan giving WWE exposure when it should be the other way around? Where he said Nakamura left, the club left, all these people are leaving New Japan and not getting them attention. Shouldn't it be the other way around because of all these people are coming from Japan? Shouldn't the WWE be begging us for attention? And he's smart. Um, they Dave Meltzer said, you know, he's a superstar. He's a his whatever his name was, a stardust genius. It was because Naito's very smart. So not only is Naito building his New Japan, uh, his Wrestle Kingdom feud, but he's also uh, building a feud with Jericho moving forward. So the question of the evening is, does he beat Okada? Yes. I think New Japan sees the popularity of LIJ. They see the popularity of Naito. It would be foolish of them. I mean, at this point, Okada doesn't need the championship. He's already got that stardom. He's already got that popularity. it's, It's not about stardom or popularity. It's about giving this Naito story full circle, and it's about not giving the fans what they want. The New Japan fans are very strict. If you don't give them what they want, they will turn their back on the product. It's happened before. It there was a, there's an infamous story of 
Antonio Inoki in the, in the early 90s, late 80s. He was supposed to fight this comedian guy that was talking shit about wrestling. And instead, the comedian oh, guy geez. brought Big ba- uh, Big Van Vader in, and Big Van Vader beat Antonio Inoki in four minutes. And the fucking place rioted. I don't think it would. I don't think it would happen again. I don't think it would happen now. No. But it's just a matter of they will turn on their product. New Japan guys, uh, New Japan fans, they're very fickle. They don't like guy. A lot of gaijins. They like Juice Robinson. They, they love like Juice Robinson. Omega. Love Kenny Omega. They like Elgin, even though Elgin's a piece of shit. They <laughs> they love War Machine. Oh. They they love Killer Elite Squad. They love Zack Saber Jr. You know they love David Finley. They love Marty Skrull. Oh, they love Marty. I, that is so weird. Marty Skrull, like I think because they think he's a bird. They like. <laughs> I love Marty Skrull. <laughs> like Doctor Math. That was another highlight of ROH was Skrull versus Lethal. It was a good match. Marty Skrull. I love Marty Skrull so much. I think that was my second favorite moment <laughs> this year. Like I have a love for Marty Skrull. He's so talented, so funny. His voice is cute. Never mind. <laughs> so, Good. What other questions do you have? Because uh, I can talk about New Japan all day. Yeah. So let's let's also talk about what other people think is like the main event of the show, which is the Alpha shirt, versus Omega. The shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. No, I think that's really interesting. I think Jericho is reinventing himself, and again. Okay. Well, we're gonna get to that. But what's the story that led up to Alpha versus Omega? So they kind of like had a spiff on Twitter, which I knew was leading to something. I just didn't know what it was quite yet because they were sniping at each other about best in the world. But also that's got to give to Jericho. He knows how to set things up. And apparently this match has been a setup for a few months. Since June, yeah. Which, which you know what really kind of like, I was like, well, that's pretty lame. On the last Killing Town, which is Cyrus and Lance Storm's podcast, Jericho came on at the end and was like, oh, yeah, you know, this was like work and blah, blah, blah. And him and Cyrus were all buddy-buddy. This was like two days after he fucking gave Cyrus a codebreaker. They <laughs> pretended like Cyrus was dead. But also that codebreaker was violent. It, it wasn't WWE-style codebreaker at all. So the apparently uh, Jericho was saying that he's the best wrestler in the world. And Omega was like, well, no, I've had the best matches of the year. And then Jericho was like, no, you haven't had him in the major leagues. You had him in the minor leagues of New Japan, which as much as people say... Vince McMahon will agree with that. As much as people say that WWE is the major leagues, New Japan is almost on the same level. New Japan's a lot more elite, I think. It it is. It's such a grueling schedule and, and, and harder to compete. And you have a lot of stiff guys, a lot of people that work different styles. You shouldn't... Just because you're in like the fancy showmanship of sports entertainment doesn't mean that it's it's not on the same level in any sense. Like if more people had access to New Japan, I'm pretty sure that and it was like regularly broadcast broadcast in English, people would flock to it. Um, you know, so that that was the whole point on that. Uh, Jericho challenged him, then attacked him, and attacked was, him again. But it was I yeah. So Kenny Omega just won a U.S. title reign because he's the first United States champion to have or whatever. So but that had... was a that was a new title that New Japan brought so that they have more American appeal. So they introduced that belt at the World War of the Worlds pay-per-view in May that I went to. Yeah. And you know that was a special announcement to get some buzz going for the June show, uh the July show in Long Beach. And it was their first kind of attempt to see if they could run shows in the United States, which and I sort of had an idea that Kenny Omega was going to win it, but I we I wasn't like totally for sure about that. They and needed to. They needed somebody that can cross. I think it was. I think it was a title match with Juice Robinson. I, think I love it was, Juice Robinson. Was the match, and you know, at the end of the match, Kenny Omega cut a promo. Um, I think in English, and then maybe a little bit in Japanese. But uh, but that was after he Juice Robinson upset him. Yeah. And the G one. And then the uh, the the. TV came on, Jericho countdown to Judas, and Jericho came on. The whole place erupted, and uh-huh. I mean, even even I was like, "Holy shit, Jericho!" <laughs> and uh, since then, Jericho's interrupted a match. Uh, no but, interrupting matches. They don't do that. No, it, I meant like interrupted the ending of a match, and Code broke uh, and made Kenny Omega bleed. Then Code broke Cyrus, and then there was a press conference where. I and love that fucking thing. Kenny Omega jumped Jericho during a press conference, so he threw, Jericho threw a table at <laughs> he him. He threw a table at him and was dropping f bombs. Like this is a Jericho that like we've never 
seen before. Get away with that stuff. Jericho, gotta give it to him, man. Uh, he was in WCW. He didn't really get what he deserved in WCW. So when he went to WWE, just constantly and constantly, constantly reinventing himself and reinventing himself and reinventing himself. It wasn't easy for him, too, when he first got to WWF. At the time, he was looked at as the one of the guys from WCW, and, you know, it took, like, X-Pac and a couple other people to be like, no, this guy's the real deal to kind of, like... Yeah, and when you make your debut interrupting a promo by The Rock, like... And to go toe-to-toe with him, a prime rock status. You could easily uh, get buried if if you're not good enough to go head-to-head with The Rock in a promo battle. But, um, I mean, Jericho has gotten catchphrase after catchphrase after catchphrase over. He got a fucking list over. Um, It's it's Jericho. Jericho got a suit over, got catchphrases over. Jericho's the best in the world at what he does. Easily the highlight of his career probably was this stuff with Kevin Owens that he was doing uh besides his Shawn Michaels feud um he's got some good things over um him and Benoit had some crazy matches one of my favorite matches of all time is the ladder match between him and Benoit at Royal Rumble 2001 and it was, was the first time he broke he's, out the walls of Jericho so fast. he broke out the walls of Jericho on a ladder and it was one of the and coolest looking things ever. On top of the ladder? Like, yeah, aside from wa- watch, 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 no. It was a, a ladder standing. How? Watch that match. Was I that the one the when they, they were doing headshots and stuff? Yeah, there, yeah. There was... Uh, it's, it's brutal. It's Chris one, Benoit did a uh, missile through the rope and Jericho slammed him in the That's 2001. Yeah, that's that match in 2001. But it ends with that fucking nasty walls of jerk on top of the ladder. It is beautiful how it looks. My point is that no, I, I don't think anybody has ever reinvented themselves and kept themselves relevant as best uh, as best as Jericho. Jericho to the fact close like, close second is Shawn Michaels. Because Shawn Michaels he was a dick and nobody wanted to deal with him. And when he came back two or three times, he he kind of reinvented himself. Even as old man DX yeah. Shawn Michaels. I mean and also Shawn Michaels has his demons and everything. Shawn Michaels but is Shawn Michaels. Jericho uh, adapts to his environment and knows what's popular and has gotten himself over on Twitter and has his own podcast and he keeps himself relevant and keeps himself uh, popular and ever-changing. And that Jericho that we see in New Japan right now is something that we've... <laughs> something that we've never seen before. And I really love fucking brutal cursing Jericho. Because, I mean, we've, we've both always agreed that... He keeps saying fuck in, Japan, in Japanese. It's pretty great. We think... Uh, you and I both... Baka. You and I both agree that he's way better as a heel than he has a, has a baby face. But that goes with a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Uh, to run down the rest of this New Japan uh, thing, because I know a lot of people won't know some of these names. Yeah, we're uh, going to get into the Royal Rumble. J. But... White versus Tanahashi, which is interesting because Tanahashi was J. White's uh, gaijin. Not Gaijin, his kind of like his his teacher. And Jay White was a student and he went away for his excursion and now he's back to, to beat up his teacher. And it's a pretty interesting storyline going into that. Um Hiro- Ibushi. I'm gonna get to Hiroki Goto versus Minoru Suzuki for the never open Which title. was just uh, added recently. Yeah, but it's a hair versus title match. <laughs> and why it's interesting is because in the same way that uh, Alistair Black wouldn't say Velveteen Dream's name, this one's a little bit more personal. Uh, Suzuki looks at Goto like a piece of shit and he's not on his level. So he'll never say Goto's name or even acknowledge that he exists. He's just like, oh, that guy with the bad haircut that will fight. Yeah, fun fact about Suzuki... Um, for those people who are One Piece fans... He's a One Piece character. Um, he's a huge no, One no, Piece no. fan. He's, he's not... He's, uh, has a... One of the Devil's Fruit is based off of him. So it's, it's the one, the one Devil's Fruit with, like, a bunch of swirls on it was based off of a pattern that he shaved his head he, out of. Minoru Suzuki's really best, is close friends with the creator of One Piece, and Minoru Suzuki's a huge One Piece fan. And one of the most nicest guys in the world, which is so weird, because if you see his character, he is a fucking monster. Just watch anything he's done with Asuka, and that's all I have to say about that. What? It's violent. I want to watch that. No, Wait, fighting together or fighting each other? Against each other. Don't watch that around Kieran. She will not be happy. 
<laughs> it's you know he brutalizes her in a way that's like borderline disgusting. Um, the fatal four way sure for she the, could do it back though. But the fatal four way for the junior heavyweight champion Kushida, who who you just discovered had a Back to the Future gimmick today. That's Will Osprey, awesome. Will Osprey, the villain Marty Scroll, and personally my favorite Hiromu Tanahashi, Tanahashi. with AKA with Daryl. Daryl. Uh, it's Darryl with four. The now. Yeah, it's four of the best junior heavyweights in all of New Japan, and it's gonna be probably might be the steal the show stealer with a heavy loaded card. It might be the best match of the night. Um, the Rapungi 3K versus the Young Bucks, which is gonna also Ooh. be a quick fun yeah. match. Um, I don't think Bucks are gonna win that one though. No, because they want to get Rapungi over right now. Yeah, Koto Bushi versus Cody Rhodes, which. It's it's an okay match. It's a fun little like dream match to see, but the really kind of like underneath hidden undertones is Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega are really good friends. They're a tag team. Wasn't They're it? tag team. Rumored lovers. I'll leave it at that. Um, and if there's one thing Kenny Omega doesn't want the Bullet Club fucking with, it's his best friend, one of his close friends, Kota Ibushi. His rival, his enemy. And if there's anybody that wants to take care of him, so it's interesting to see what will happen with that. Yeah, I and, think Cody is slowly going to become Bullet leader. And lastly, the New Japan Battle Royal, which is always a fun spot with uh, any Wrestle Kingdom. It's a mix of legends and new guys and returning favorites. It's one of the best kind of like fun pre-show matches. And I don't, I think that's it, unless you can think of yeah. anything well, else. That's what I think the more important matches. I think. Uh, however, like we said before, the Royal Rumble is coming up in January. So I believe it's January 28th. Uh, we don't know much about the card yet because it is so early. But um, there are two Royal Rumble matches in this. There will probably oh. be 30 men and women. So quick, Real quick, I forgot. Two quick matches. Um, the tag team title match, which I forgot about. Killer Elite Squad, which is David Boy Smith and Les Destiny? No, versus L.I.J., Evil and Sonata. Because remember, they won oh, tag yeah, league. They won. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, never opened six-man tag, which L.I.J. lost to uh, Bullet Club, which is Bad Luck Fale, Gorilla Dis Destinies versus Chaos, Beretta, Ishii, and Yanu versus Elgin and War Machine versus Suzuki Gun. Elgin and War Machine. Yeah, that's but what's cool. crazy is that War Machine hates Elgin right now, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, versus Suzuki Gun, uh, Taichi, Izuka, and Zack Saber Jr. versus Suzuki Japan, the team of Juice Robinson, Toga Makabe, and Ryoshi Tachi, Taguchi. Uh, AKA Taguchi Japan, but yes, yeah, so watch watch Wrestle Kingdom. Watch Wrestle Kingdom, and Brendan will have a review of it soon. <laughs> so what what I was saying is, uh, we don't know much about the Royal Rumble. Um, there's two Royal Rumbles, a women's and a male men's. Uh, they're probably both going to be 30s, uh, which means they're going to both take up probably an hour plus, which means it's going to be like two hours. I of think the they're going to do a minute for the women's and a minute and a half for the. Men's, but sometimes that clock is never accurate. Yeah, sometimes it's just but, like thirty I mean, seconds. That's still going to be like an hour, an hour piece per rumble, which yeah. means there aren't going to be much matches it's on the a card. Four-hour show. What do we, you expect? We are probably going to have a tag match, tag title match. Um, yeah, probably we we'll definitely have a world title match for we'll Raw. We'll probably have both. We'll probably have both tag title matches. So we'll, we'll probably. So a couple years ago, the Rumble did four matches: two world championship matches. A women's match and then the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah. That was one year. Literally, it was just those four matches. Well, definitely, uh, AJ will definitely have a singles. Um, you forget there'll be like three matches on the pre-show because it's a four-hour show. That's true. Uh, Lesnar's match is already announced. It's a triple threat match. Lesnar's winning. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know why that match is even booked. What I think we should do is a day before we go to that Raw show for the Go Away Rumble. Yeah, we're, we're going to Raw We should podcast. have a better podcast about that. Yeah, no, we're going to. But that's just all of what we know at this time about Royal Rumble. Yeah, because it's literally, we're still three weeks away as opposed to Wrestle Kingdom, which is this Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we yeah. talked about that a lot more. But uh, I think the state of WWE and wrestling in general is really cool right now. Um, it's only going to get better. Uh, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, it's only going to get better in 2018. 
Uh, and I know you're looking forward to it if you're listening to it, and so are we. Um, I guess this has been an episode of Belly the Belly, which is what we've been wanting to call a wrestling podcast. If you guys like this... That's my name! <laughs> if you guys like this, uh, let us know. Download it. Show us the numbers. Uh, plug your shit. Hashtag Belly to Belly on Twitter. Plug your shit, man. Ah, uh, yeah. So I'm Brendan's Modern Life on Twitter and Instagram. And soon I'm going to start up that YouTube vlog series again like I did. It's a cool little vlog series I did one episode of about depression. Go check it out. Okay. And you know where to find me. Sign off. What's your name? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to sign off. You know where to find me. Uh, this has been Jimmy and his amazing friends. I am the man himself, Jimmy. And I'm Brendan. Thank you for coming to the house party. And hopefully this will turn into something we don't know yet. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe, review. We want to hear from you. Go wrestling. Put your penis away, Jimmy. I hope we got you into wrestling after that. I mean, it's a lot of good, a lot of good information, a lot of good stories. Uh, wrestling culture, you know, being a fan sort of recently within the past few years, um, really opened up my eyes to a lot of how crazy and how it's totally interesting this culture is and their fan base and all their shows um the show vibes uh the type of action and just really the art of wrestling to begin with uh if you guys want some other recommendations of good wrestling podcasts to listen to as well as this one if it turns into anything sam roberts wrestling podcast talk is jericho steve austin show um those are probably the ones that I listen to the most. Uh, Wade Keller's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Podcast One. That's a good one. Uh, if this is something that interests you, uh, we would love to educate you more and educate you further. Um, I'm still learning myself. I learn things from Brendan all the time about wrestling. So if this is something that you like, let us know. Let me know. Uh, if you want to hear more, I'd be more than happy to do this. Uh, and add a third podcast to the network. Um, you can find us on JG Podcast Network on Instagram. Uh, and JV Kubitosi on Instagram is my personal page. You can also email us at jgpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to hear more wrestling, more about wrestling, and just want to know or wants to cover a specific topic, that, that would be the easiest way to get to me besides Instagram. So... Hope you guys enjoyed, and enjoy Wrestle Kingdom. It's coming up. Uh, when this podcast drops, it'll be in a few days. Uh, January 4th is the Wrestle Kingdom show. It does premiere in Japan, so it's going to be on really early in the morning. So if spoilers are something that bothers you, stay away from them. Uh, just wa- order New Japan World uh or watch it somewhere on the internet where you could find it uh, new japan world's an awesome service wwe network is an awesome service too but enjoy wrestle kingdom let us know what you think okay talk to you soon